Startup Life Hacks, Episode 1. Welcome. Welcome to Startup Life Hacks. Ever wondered if you have what it takes to start a business? Join us as we share with you inspiring stories from these amazing entrepreneurs. Let their journeys bring you one step closer to achieving success. And now, here's your host, Romel Cabal. Hello, Hacker Nation, and welcome to the very first episode of Startup Life Hacks. So today we're going to kick it off with a bang with my really good friend, Brayden Marino. Brayden is a graduate of San Diego State University, go Aztecs, and absolutely loves the startup community. He is on a mission to make an impact in the world while having fun doing it. Brayden is also the co-founder and CEO of Robo3D, a company that builds affordable 3D printers whose goal is to show you what you can do with 3D printing and how people are changing the world with this technology. So in this setting, I am actually in my room recording the interview through Skype while he is in his car going to Costco. Pretty awesome, right? Let's see what he has to say. What is up, Hacker Nation? I'm pretty excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, A little bit about my personal life. Went to San Diego State University. Uh, Actually, originally majored in marketing. Thought I was going to get into a big marketing career as most kids think they're going to do when they go into college if they go into business. Um, I met a few people that were starting companies, a guy that was actually in one of my classes that built a company, um, a marketing company using freelance people. And uh, I just got really excited about the idea of being an entrepreneur. And uh, for me, that kind of led me down my path to start a few different companies, some of which failed. And now I'm onto one that is succeeding, which is fantastic. So so here at Startup Life Hacks, we like to concentrate on the journey of the entrepreneur because, let's face it, no one is the same. So I asked Brayden, what was his upbringing like? What was his professional and personal history that made him perfect for what he's doing right now? Well, I, you know, to be honest, I'll just kind of jump in. I mean, my upbringing, my father was actually an entrepreneur. He started a real estate company in Sacramento, which where I'm born and where I was born and actually raised. So I went to college you know, kind of with that mindset. I mean, he did very well for us, for our family. Um, and I went to college, you know, with that and kind of the back of my head wasn't really the direction I was heading when I went to college, but, um, you know, things led me to, you know, the entrepreneurial lifestyle. And there was a few mentors at the time that, you know, kind of took me under their wing and taught me a few things. So that kind of got me excited about that life. But post-college, you know, when I graduated college, I had an idea I wanted to start a company, but instead I was recommended to actually go and work in the, the, you know, for a big company right out of college, just to see what that experience is life. And I went and did that. I did advertising sales. I absolutely hated it. Um, I, I'm not, you can't cuss on the air, can you? <laughs> no. Okay. All right. No cussing. <laughs> Sadly, on the air. No. But I, I absolutely hated it. And, uh, you know, I, I was, I remember actually this, this moment I had of clarity when I was in there and uh, I just realized, you know, this isn't the life for me. I can't work for someone else. So I literally stepped out that next day. I didn't show up. I called them. I said, listen, this isn't for me. I can't do it anymore. Um, Went out and uh, started on my first company, which was a watch business, which it's still, you know, still in existence. I don't really manage or run most of it, but uh, it's a company called Sway Watches. I have a few partners that, that took it over and are trying to build the company now, but 
Um, that was the first thing I started and I just got, I just got turned on by the idea of having my own company. And, um, it led me to another company, which was a service-based company, um, doing uh, cell phone repairs, which I ended up selling to my partner. And now I'm onto this 3d printing company. So it was, uh, I think it was just really getting out there and testing the waters. And, uh, and I just fell in love with it. I got excited by the idea of, you know, having a business and trying to manage it and bringing on people and growing it. And it was just exciting and frustrating and, you know, difficult, you know, all, all in one. So, uh, that, that's just something that stuck with me and what led me into, you know, my current company that I have. My next question involved an idol while growing up, because we all know it's very important to have a mentor to help guide you to where you eventually want to be. So let's see what Brayden has to say. Yeah, I say, I, I honestly, I'd, I'd put that at uh, my pops. Uh, my pops, you know, he had his real estate company. You know, looking back at it now, I, you know, you don't really realize when you're a kid how well you were raised until you look back and go, wow, like I actually, you know, now that I'm in the real world and I understand the dynamics of the world and, and you know, everything that comes with it, uh, you know, I, we grew up living a nice lifestyle and, you know, my, my father was able to do that for us. So it's definitely something that, when he raised us, he instilled in us, you know, to, you know, persevere and things like that in life. And he always made sure that we were, you know, we weren't slacking on certain things. And I think I just, I held that with me, um, up until this point and what has been the result of a lot of the successes so far that we're having, I think is based on a lot of the ideologies that he instilled in me. Very cool. So we live in San Diego. It's actually about 90 degrees right now. So how do you manage to keep your cool? despite all the activities you have going with you right now. Besides business, what are a few of your favorite hobbies? Well, definitely, I don't keep my cool with air conditioning because nowhere in San Diego has air conditioning, which sucks, so figure that out. <laughs> um, but uh, other than business, I mean, you know, obviously still working a lot, um, putting in a lot of hours. That's you know important at this stage in the company. It feels like it's, it's kind of hard to get away because you feel like if you're not putting in the hours, the business you know, isn't as growing as much as it could be. But, you know, I've been starting to realize that I need to unwind a little bit and get away from, um, you know, the business side and just enjoy life a bit. And, uh, you know, I surf, I, I wakeboard, I do a lot of hiking, um, a lot of outdoor stuff that allows me to kind of release my mind from um, the business world. Because it's very hard when you're stuck in this startup grind and, you know, trying to, you know, generate business for your company and things like that, that you're, you know, 24 seven constantly, it's on your mind. So to do things that kind of take your mind and ease away from that, uh, surfing is probably the number one thing I do. Um, it's kind of the one I, I would explain it to people that don't surf as pure bliss, because when you're in that moment of surfing, there's literally nothing else in the world that matters. So you can't really think about anything else because you're so focused on, that exact environment you're in and that wave and that moment. And, uh, so that, that's sort of my, my getaway and my meditation. Right. And I've taken a few classes at SCSU, like surfing classes, and it's, there's nothing like just being out there in the ocean Most definitely. and just, and just chilling there. Yeah. Just by yourself, <laughs> hanging out, relaxing, surfing. I mean, it's just real, it's really hard to be focused on business when you're in that environment. So that's why I love it so much. Right. So Braden, we always hear in the news about the overnight successes of these amazing entrepreneurs, but it's the overnight success that took 10 or even 20 years. So what strategies did you use to fund your business? Yeah, the, the overnight success is a very overblown thing. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to be uh, quote unquote overnight success. Um, tons of time is put in before that success happens. That happens relatively quickly sometimes. 
So uh, for the strategies that we use to fund our business, so when we were first building Robo 3D, which is a current company that you know I own and operate, uh, we were building our, our first 3D printer. It took us about six to eight months to get that done. We were building it literally on a dining room table, um, you know, talking to people, talking to potential investors, going out there and really getting a feel for you know how we were going to raise some money to get started. Other than our initial you know couple thousand dollars, it took us to actually build our first product. And for us, it just made more sense to quickly try and prove our concept, and that's why we went to a crowdfunding platform like Kickstarter. Um, you know, what's great is you don't have to go up the equity. You get real people that are putting money into your project and basically pre-ordering it. And that, uh, that gave us the, you know, once we launched that product on there, we had a goal of raising about 49,000 and we raised 649,000. So it gave us the upfront money to actually get started, to build our manufacturing out, um, and, and to get things moving without having to give away a big chunk of equity upfront. That's the last thing you want to do. Um, I'll get into that probably later with some of these questions, but, um, yeah, if you can really just get out there, be very lean at the start, um, try and prove your concept through, you know, the crowd, uh, that, that'll, you know, kind of give you the idea that this is a product or, or, you know, an idea that some people are interested in. Great. And I really like this idea of, uh, the concept of a rapid prototyping. So can you explain Hacker Nation, what that is and how you guys use that in your company? Yes, Hacker Nation. We rapid prototyping. You know, it's been around for about thirty years. I would say in the past five years, um, if not a little bit longer than that, we, they started building these machines, three D printing machines that allowed you to actually prototype quickly and easily in your house by printing things in three dimensions. And looking back when I was developing my watch company, uh, it took me about two years and $10,000 to get my first prototype. And it really was just a plastic prototype. It didn't move. It didn't do anything. It was a watch, right? So now when I look at this kind of technology, if you're, I mean, if you're building anything product related, this is the absolute best, most cost-effective, quickest way to do it. Um, it allows you to take, you know, an idea. You already have to develop a CAD model of your product. That's just standard. And once you have that, you can actually 3D print it on our machine. You know, you can quickly re redo the object. You can resize it. You can fix it. And you can rapidly prototype again and again, you know, very cheaply and easily. So um, it's definitely, you know, for people that are creating product-based ideas and hardware and things like that, 3D printing and rapid prototyping is really the way to get started. The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. I'm actually holding that book in my hand right now. Exactly. Great, great <laughs> book. Right. Yes. My next question I asked Brayden was a very important one that I want you, Hacker Nation, to think about when starting a company. How do you even choose your founders? Or even ask yourself why I should pursue this venture on my own? This was his answer. Yeah, you know, for us, it was interesting, you know, looking, I guess, into the future, it may be different. How I found my founders was just, it was our inner group of friends. Um, you know, they actually, my business partner, the one that was actually building the first 3D printer, uh, you know, obviously I'm not, a, I'm not an engineer for, for all of you out, out at Hacker Nation. So my, you know, background didn't come from the engineering side. I came in, you know, to develop the business side of it. And uh, my two partners were both on the engineering side and they built the first product. And I kind of came in and we just looked at the dynamics of it. I was saying, hey, you know, I really like this, this uh, industry. I like this business. Um, I love the product and what people can do with it. And that was what got me excited about it. And I said, I want to come on board and I want to handle the business side of things. You guys focus on the technology. You guys focus on the engineering of the product and I'll help grow the business side and the brand. And so that's, that's kind of how it started. So I guess when you're looking for partners, make sure you're not having multiple partners fulfilling the same exact duty in the company. Um, you can, you know, when it comes to founders and giving away large chunks of equity to founders, um, 
two things you should do. One is never give it up front. Have it some, have it vest over time based on performance. So you guys may, may all be founders, but if you give that equity up front and your founder decides to move to Tahiti one day because he meets a girl and that's what they want to do, then you basically are losing that equity up front. So have it vest over a period of time. So that's, I guess, number one thing to do. And number two is make sure that you guys all fulfill different parts and um, have different strengths for the company. Um, so you guys aren't overlapping everything and, you know, kind of wasting some of those strengths. So take us back to your worst entrepreneur moment and let's just learn from that. Um, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll just put this on the record. One, one of the, I guess the <laughs> worst moments we had, and you know, we had, we had a lot of problems starting out with our manufacturing. Um, we really didn't know much about what we were doing. We were building, you know, one of the most complex products, you know, on the market. It was new technology. It wasn't something where we could go on an outsourcing website and find a supplier that makes this product and just slap our logo on it and our, you know, and call it a day. We were really building a product from scratch. So it was a little bit more difficult to do. And, you know, we, we ran into some issues with some of our machines having electronic component failures and things like that in the field, like after customers had already spent, you know, a thousand dollars on the product. So, uh, and, and I just remember this one moment we had where one of our machines had, you know, an electronic component failure and actually, apparently caught on fire. Um, and, uh, that was probably one of my worst moments. I felt like the whole company was going to crumble at that point. Um, there was a few other where we got really low on cash flow uh, to the point where we thought we were going to be dissolved instantly. And, uh, you know, we had to combine forces and, and come up with some ways to actually go out and seek new business really quickly. Um, but you know, when looking back at those times, those are some of the best worst times, right? Um, there are things you learn from, there's things you move forward on, you never make again. Um, and you're just conscientious of them, you know, in, in the future. And that's, you know, I, I can't, I, I would say the worst moments, but it's also some of the biggest blessing moments, uh, for a startup. And Hacker Nation, I'm gonna give you an exclusive. I was actually there during his worst moments because <laughs> I was actually one of the, the first, uh, employees of Robo3D. Yep. So yep. it's, it's a really good experience. Yep. You were indeed, <laughs> you saw all that go down and, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy to kind of see where we are at today and what our plan is in the future. Um, you know, and just how much it's changed. And it's just crazy how much we've learned just in these few couple of years. I mean, we've been in business for about two and a half years and, you know, more than anything, if the company even failed tomorrow, uh, you know, the amount of knowledge I picked up and gained from this experience is going to take me into the next thing pretty quickly. Exactly. So we've talked about your worst entrepreneur moment. Tell us about a great success that you had as an entrepreneur. I think the, the greatest success for us, honestly, was just that moment when we saw our hard work really being picked up by the public. When we launched that crowdfunding campaign, and in a matter of 24 hours, we raised almost our entire goal of $49,000. Um, for us, that was like, I, you know, I remember a distinct moment of us sitting on a dining room table and we were building our product. It was the first night we got the 3D printer to run. And I remember just we were in an, my uh, business partner's apartment and he lived with a couple other roommates and they were all like drinking and going out to party at the bars. And we were sitting there, you know, working on our machine. We're like, no, we're going to get it working tonight. I canceled dinner reservations with my girlfriend because we were going to get it working. And uh, you know, I, I just remember that moment so distinctly. And you know, once we were able, after all that hard work to get our machine together, get our video together, put our whole product together um, for Kickstarter and actually launch it and see the success kind of happening right before our eyes that, you know, was, was very satisfying for us. And, you know, it gave us the ability to go and say, Hey, this is what we're going to be doing for the next, you know, five years, 10 years, potentially. Um, so that, that was, 
you know, a moment of clarity for me and, uh, you know, a moment that allowed me to realize that, you know, the hard work is paying off. And you guys were even expecting only to, to sell like maybe 50 and then you got a thousand. Yeah, it was, so. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was a, a great, it was a blessing and a curse at the same time because we, you know, selling a thousand units was very unexpected, but you know, and, and it brought a lot of hardships on actually being able to produce that many. I remember us having that conversation multiple times, which was how are we going to build a thousand units for these guys? And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of perseverance later and, you know, a lot of trips to China and things like that, we were able to get the manufacturing together, but, uh, it did take a while. It took us about eight months just to get our first, um, machines out to the public, which we only thought it was going to take about three months. Right. <laughs> so, so what's your vision for Robo3D five years from now? So we are actually, we're not so focused on machines as much anymore. We're really focused on the whole ecosystem behind 3D printing. Um, we're doing a lot of things differently, especially in like retail environments. We're focusing a lot on the content side. Um, we're focusing on making, so right now, you know, in 3D printing, most of the manufacturers that are coming out are just, you know, creating machines or trying to create as actual 3D printable content. We're trying to create a marketplace where you can actually connect with 3D designers and get, you know, things made for yourself. So if you have an idea, you can connect with a designer that's based off that specific industry that your idea is related to. You can actually hire them to create you a 3D model. And then once you have that 3D print, you can actually go through and potentially hire someone to print it out for you, or you can go on a, a service-based website and print it out. So we're, we're focused on the whole ecosystem behind it. We really want to cultivate entrepreneurship. I think that's really important You know, in this industry is being able to see people bring their ideas to life. Um, and I want to see more of that. And we're focused heavily on finding out who our customers are and what they're doing with our product, really trying to tell those stories and, and get more people involved in, you know, this industry. Okay, time to have some fun. We are now entering my favorite, the superhero round. I'm a huge fan of superheroes. They were the mythical superhumans that had gone through many failures and still rose to greatness. So I'm going to ask Brayden, what is his entrepreneurial superpower? In other words, what's his greatest strength? So speaking on this, I was talking to you before we even started the podcast about Gary Vaynerchuk. And one of the things that, and if you all don't know Hacker Nation, who Gary Vaynerchuk is, I suggest going and looking him up. He's a great motivational speaker. He talks a lot about, he's you know very heavily involved in social media. But one of the things that he always talks about is auditing yourself and finding out what your strengths are. I think that's something that's very, very important to, you know, people to be that are, you know, venturing in entrepreneurship, things like that is really to find out what am I good at? What do I, what wakes me up in the morning every day? Um, what gets me excited to work? And if you're not doing that, you're not going to enjoy your working. Um, so, you know, what I, I'm, I guess on my strength side, I'm, I'm very perseverance. I, I mean, perseverance to me is like my number one thing, resourcefulness, you know, I'm, I'm a resource genius. I use a lot of different resources to get stuff done quickly and easily. Um, so I guess those, I, a lot of people, when I talk to them, you know, when I tell them our story, they're like, how did you even make it through that? When I go through the entire story of how we built the company and the hardships that we went through. And it was really just the perseverance of me and getting my team on the same level to understand, listen, we're not stopping. This isn't going to take us down as a company. Like most other companies may just kind of throw in the towel. And so I think that's allowed us to, you know, to still be the company that we are today. And, um, you know, now we're raising some money, which is exciting, but 
Um, for me, it's just, I, I, I would say my greatest strength is perseverance. Honestly, um, I have other great strengths and where I'm good at marketing and things like that and uh, studying analytics and all that. But, um, you know, that not giving up attitude and not taking no for an answer attitude, I think has gotten us to this point as a company. What's your kryptonite? My kryptonite is probably relying on others also. Uh, at the same time that I'm resourceful, I also have a hard time relying on others. And I, it pains me um, that I can't do everything. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of ironic to what I'm saying and what your favorite and what your strengths are. But I really try now, you know, especially in the last couple of years, I've really realized that I'm not strong at a lot of things. So I have to kind of pass that torch on to others. Um, to get certain things done or else I'm going to drive myself crazy trying to do too many things that I'm not great at. Um, so that, I guess that was, I, that was my weakness for a long time was really trying to do too much at once. And you really need to trust people. You need to, you know, get highly talented people in certain areas and you need to make sure that, you know, your vision for whatever it may be is instilled upon whatever that work that's being done. Um, but you know, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you're focusing strictly on what you're, you know, you're good and strong at. If you can have any superpower, what would it be and why? If I could have any superpower. Any superpower. Any superpower. I mean, I love sleep, but I love not to have to sleep. Um, I <laughs> hate wasting hours um, in the day. And that's something, you know, the no sleeping superhero, that would be pretty cool. Doesn't really provide value for many people, but other than myself, which is kind of selfish. I don't know why I said that, but um <laughs> You know, I think that's something that's really important. And then I think if I could have another superpower, it'd be to kind of get people to believe in themselves. I think that's one thing as an society, if I could, you know, just quickly instill someone's belief in themselves, that would be incredible because I think a lot of people don't believe that they can do certain things and, you know, never end up fulfilling or trying or, you know, taking that leap of faith. And uh, especially as a society, we're so you know, spoon fed everything, you know, from consumers, shopping, things like that. We, you know, especially in an industry like this, it's really hard for people to understand like imagination is you're, you can take your imagination and bring it to life. And we're, we've been working so hard on convincing people that the technology, you know, is easy to use. You can take it, you can bring your idea to life quickly and easily. You don't have to be some high end engineer. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of struggles trying to make that message clear for the consumer. So, yeah, if I could do that, if I could just snap my finger and, and people would <laughs> believe that they could do something, then that would be fantastic. Because I love the stories of the people that use our product and actually do some amazing stuff with it. And so seeing that over and over again now, um, it's something that I wish I could inst instill in more people. So you want to have mind control? Yes, a little bit. Yeah, something, <laughs> something like mind control. I don't want to control yeah. everything. I just want to spark that membrane that uh, says I can do it. <laughs> nice. So on these next final questions, we are really going to dive into Braden's head and have him recommend some tools that he uses on the daily that could possibly help you out, Hacker Nation, when starting your business. So let's start off with an internet resource or an app that he uses. So there's, oh God, I'm, I'm, I'm also like a tool wizard online. I, I use way too many tools and I started to realize I got to stop using so many tools because it's so hard to navigate between each tool. Uh, one of the things that I've been really looking for, so maybe it's just an idea I'm sharing with the world. Uh, you know, I use a, a daily task thing called Glip, G-L-I-P. 
um, which is they got acquired recently, but they still have a really nice platform for just inputting your daily tasks and being able to check them off. The one thing I haven't really been able to find is something that really makes me feel damn good about crossing that thing off. Um, I don't know if it's acquiring points within a program. I don't know if it's something that just genuinely, the minute you cross that task off, you just feel like you accomplish something cool. Um, so I haven't found a platform quite like that, but I would say as far as a resource that I use, which is very nice and easy to use and keeps me on task, it's Glip, G-L-I-P. So if you guys go out there and use that, um, if you guys have problems staying on task, um, that's a good one. I have so many though, I could upload them all. I'm actually writing an article about this. So I'm going to be putting on <laughs> that. I'm going to be putting on LinkedIn about all the tools that I've used. Interesting. Yeah. So name one book that you could recommend to our listeners. So you probably know which one I'm going to say just because I referenced and I've read it like five times, but the four hour work week, um, I don't know if more people have already said that, but it's one of my favorite books I read, um, really taught nope, me. You're the first episode one. Really? All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So everyone's gonna be copying me. Nice. I like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great book. Uh, like I said, I've read it multiple times. I've listened to audio book and book on it when I'm on planes, but, uh, really just reminds you about being resourceful and the, you know, the different, what I like about it so much is that a lot of books I read are very motivational focused. They really kind of like pick you up and, you know, get you to do this, that, and the other. What Tim, Tim Ferriss does in 4-Hour Workweek is he actually provides resources for you that you can go on. I mean, I've never marked up a book so much in my life than that book. Um, so you actually can go on and you can go on to these different websites that he recommends, things like that, and check them out and actually use them. And, uh, you know, that's just why I, I guess I love the book so much. Another book that I just read, um, I got to shout out Bernard Schroeder from the SDSU Entrepreneur Center, but uh, he has a book called Fail Faster, Win Big. Really, really good book um, for entrepreneurs starting out. I suggest that Great book. book. Yes. I think I was the one who recommended it to you. Yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> you did as well. Yeah, it's a fantastic book. I read it in one day, the whole thing, <laughs> cover to cover. Um, but yeah, and we actually, he actually featured us in it. I think that's how you told me about it. You said he featured us, and I was like, that's awesome. So it's a, good, right. it's a, it's a great, great book, uh, especially you know, for your audience and people that are looking to take that leap in entrepreneurship. Cool. What would you dare to dream if you knew that you could not fail? Um, I would love, oh God, that's a tough question. I would love to fly. Um, it's kind of weird, but I think uh, I'm just, I'm, we're so inefficient on the roads. <laughs> <laughs> the roads are so dang inefficient. I just want to get places quicker. I'm all about saving time. Um, so, you know, and I think that's also talking about trends in business right now. I think most of the trends are around. And this is another thing that Gary Vaynerchuk talks about is like saving people time when you're thinking about new companies is people will pay an absurd amount of money to save time. And uh, God, it would just be so much easier if I could uh, just fly around and get places a lot quicker. I know that's such on the surface thing right now but that's the first thing that came to my head is i was driving the other day i was sitting in la traffic and i was like god i wish i could just fly over all this right you know? and i recently moved to chula vista too so traffic really sucks yeah i just <laughs> I'm, I'm so over it's just such a waste of my time luckily i have audio books and i listen to all that stuff in the car but um so it does ha give me something to do but god the amount of time we just spend it's just so inefficient in a car just sitting in traffic most people not doing anything really um, I just wish we could be more efficient and save that time, use it for something better, <laughs> maybe spending time with your family, whatever it may be. Exactly. Knowing what you know now, what is one advice that you could tell our listeners who are struggling to make that leap into entrepreneurship? 
Uh, I, you know, number one thing I always have a lot of people that come in and ask me about this, especially when I go, cause I go to San Diego state and I talk to a lot of the entrepreneur, uh, kids there that are kind of taking that leap. And, um, obviously the number one thing, like I said earlier, um, that I truly believe is really know what you're strong at and then find people that fulfill other strengths. Always try and align yourself with people that are smarter than you. I think that's really important as well is making sure that you're surrounding yourself with others that can bring you value in life. Um, um, so that's something I would do. And then, you know, t- I would just take that leap. I mean, I think it's really easy now with the resources online. I mean, now, you know, with 3d printing, if you're talking about a hardware company, uh, you know, you can build your prototype very inexpensively. You can get a really nice product made. There's a company called Shapeways, which will do like a professional piece in any material you want. So you can get your prototype made with crowdfunding. You can go and launch that product as a proof of concept and raise money without a big investment at all. And then there's, you know, now with, you know, um, the new rules and laws around public fundraising for equity, you can go and actually raise money as they're, I think they're called like mini IPOs where you can actually raise money and give away equity in your company publicly. Um, when before you couldn't, it wasn't that easy to do that. So there's just the amount of resources online to help someone build a business has never been greater than it is today. And, uh, you know, and the amount of investment upfront it's going to take could be very minimal. So there's no reason not to leap into it right now. Um, you know, I'd get in as quick as possible before potentially a bubble burst, which, you know, could happen and, uh, and, you know, try and just try and make it happen, go out, create something, um, try and get something real and tangible, show it to people, get some feedback and just keep pushing and, and trying to see if you can prove your concept out. So Hacker Nation, Braden Marino just gave you a blueprint on starting a hardware company. Yeah. So what are you waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Go out. Hardware is very easy to get started. It is a tough, tough uh, you know, industry to be able to create hardware products and make a ton of money is very tough. But um, you know, I, I definitely want to have a software play at some point in my life. But uh, hardware is very easy to get things made quickly um, nowadays. Software requires sometimes a little bit of a bigger upfront investment unless you have partners that are doing all the programming. So most of my listeners are going to be college students. So give our listeners one action step that they can do right now to get started. Okay. I always, uh, ideas, another thing that I reference Gary V a lot because Gary Vandercheck, because I just, I listen to him so much and I just believe what he says very heavily. But one of the things that one of my favorite quotes, he says, he says, ideas are executions, the name of the game. I'm sorry if I cuss on the air, but Um, I really believe that you just need to get something real and tangible in your hands that will give you like the excitement that you created a product. Um, it'll give you the passion, hopefully to go and, you know, try and launch a crowdfunding campaign, do this, that, and the other. So if you're going to get started, think of that idea, something that really gets you excited to wake up every day. Um, focus on maybe it's either yourself and maybe one partner. I probably would try and just start with two people that have two different strengths and really just try and get something real and tangible in your hands. Um, if it's a website, you know, that's real and tangible. Um, I'm not necessarily saying something physical, but, um, something that's tangible in front of you that can get you excited that you can go out and you can, um, ask people, you know, what they think, get some feedback, do a little bit of focus group work, um, see if it's something that, you know, these people need or want or would put pay money for. And, uh, and that'll give you that motivation to keep going. I think it's really a domino effect. Um, but having that, that real intangible piece in front of you is definitely going to help you kind of move the dominoes forward. Well, what's the best way that we could follow you in case we want to know more about Braden Marino, 
or Robo3D? Yeah, well, you can follow me on LinkedIn, Braden Moreno. If you just type in Braden Moreno, Robo3D, you should be able to find me on LinkedIn. I'm going to start posting a lot of different articles on there. I'm actually, for Robo3D, I'm actually going to, if you guys don't know what Meerkat is or Periscope, I'm actually going to start doing as a business, um, like ask me anything and things like that on Meerkat, I believe I'm going to use. Um, but I think that's going to be really cool for our company to kind of like be in our office, ask questions about the startup environment, things like that. Um, so definitely look for us on Meerkat Robo 3D is the name. And, uh, and then you can always, I mean, you guys can always message me through the website, robo3d.com. Right. I love Periscope. Yeah, Periscope. Both of them are really awesome platforms. I think they're really going to change business. Uh, it's going to allow people to kind of sit in the office at certain times if you do it correctly and uh, kind of be a part of the environment that you want these people to be a part of. I think that's going to be exciting. Thank you, Braden, for being a guest on my show. We appreciate your time and wisdom. But here at Startup Life Packs, we have a saying to help motivate our listeners who are on this entrepreneurial journey that it's okay to fail and it's okay to struggle. So let's close by reminding Hacker Nation what our motto is and say it with extreme enthusiasm. Guys, stay positive and keep grinding. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Braden. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for joining me today on Startup Life Hacks. Since my goal is to help as many people as I can, I hope that this episode will help you towards achieving greatness. Taken from the inspirational Jim Rohn, only by giving are you able to receive more than you already have. With that being said, don't forget to subscribe. And I would appreciate that you give us an honest review. And head on over to startuplifehacks.com. Navigate to our show notes page for tips and tricks from every episode. So this is Startup Life Hacks with Bro Cabal, reminding you to stay positive and keep grinding.